Hey, well, welcome to another edition. Another edition. Of Let's get into it because we're gonna get into. It. I, we, we got into it last. Time. We did. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I got inspired. I'm listening to it on my own podcast now on my drive. Can you believe that? Like, I put away the other ones and I'm like, like listening to ours. Yeah, what did you think? I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I like that we're giving each other five stars. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> special guest in the studio today, too, right? We do have a special guest. Yeah. Cash Roberts. Cash Roberts. My son, he's 11. Yeah. Let's um, thank Justin Nichols for being here. What's up, guys? Happy Friday. Dad's Happy on Friday. film. <laughs> Justin breaks balls because he says this is, is, are you doing the Dad's on film podcast? <laughs> it feels like it should be called Dad's on film only because there's a bunch of things called Let's Get Into It. I didn't realize that. There is. I didn't know that either. Right. Tell us about, let, let's get the recap on where you are on your movie. Yeah, we're up and running. Player. What happened? Tell me. We shot here at, we're at Extra. Um, they, they decided one day about two years ago to build this closet where they were going to store stuff in our office. And they put up this really cool royal blue, old school velvet curtain. And right when I saw it, I said, damn, that's a dope backdrop. Like the old, like, you know. Um, Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson stuff. So in my script, it opens with the late night guy. And he's talking oh. about the landscape and how Insta-fame and oh, how dude, people. That are- must look great. So I that's- could see it. I oh my could God. totally see it. So that's what we did. Uh, we waited till everybody bounced. We we lit it, so it's really cool how you know it looks like that. Um, did you use the uh, lights from Extra? We did, of course, dude. It, we're guerrilla indie, like no permits, no this. I mean, we have a nice camera, which you 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 kind of need. It's weird because as technology changes, right? Yeah. There was the red. Do you remember the red? Red was XL one. I remember the XL one. Right. XL one. That's Sony, right? Yeah. Sony had an XL one, and you can use that to broadcast. I don't think the camera matters as much anymore. Whether it's 2K or 4K um, matters more yeah. because you're able to really manipulate a 2K and a 4K image. I shot two documentaries on my 5D. Oh, right. Yeah. It, so it that's an amazing. old school. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I think it's lighting. I think you can use just about any camera these days. Yeah. So you finished one day, one day of shooting? One day. Uh, and then uh, Sunday is the big day. Sunday, like, it's go time come when I leave here today, it's go time. Cool. So then, I still got to deliver a script for something else, by the way, that right. I, it was due today, but I'm going to be able to push it till tomorrow on another project. Well, that congratulations on being a working writer and uh, producer. And I got to memorize lines because I got and all... And you're an actor. Yeah. I think it's great that you're doing everything because you it allows you to get it done. So you can literally do it all. And quite honestly, I think you should do it all. You think so? Why not? Yeah, because I'm kind of with you, though, in the old school. I guess, too, back in the day, like film actors, they, they, they didn't want to do TV or, you know, all that. Other movie stuff stars, now. remember? Movies, they're still movie stars. Um, Brad Pitt's a movie star. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise is the ultimate movie star because he does not do TV. Yeah. When was the last time you saw him on television? It's never happened. No, he's yeah, yeah. a movie star. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I see. Well, I'm going to keep doing it, dude, because I got to. I got no. It's like De Niro said in Raging Bull. I got no choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to a friend of mine. His name is Sean Reddick. We did a film together uh, called Danica. Yeah. When he was an agent. He recently produced Black Klansman. Oh, he did? Yeah. And he also produced. Get uh, Out. Get Out. Right? Wow. So he produced both of those. And my conversations with him were about. Don't be afraid to approach executives and 
buyers and distributors because he came from the world of being an agent and he knows that people are out there looking for the next big thing. Yeah. Some people, including myself, I'm going to be a little bit hesitant. It's like, say that guy, Sean Reddick, if I saw him, I was, I would, if I got too much into my head, I'm like, oh, I want to talk to him. And then I was, ah, I'm not going to talk to him. He's like, ah, I don't want to, I ah, forget it. It's over with. Where somebody like you would be, who's that? Let me go talk to him. Hey, how you doing? I'm Mark Roberts. Well, I have this idea where, you see what I mean? Like within a split second, I went from, oh my God, I should talk to that guy about my film to, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't look, how am I looking right now? It's all it. practice. It is all practice, but, you know, but you're really good at it. Sometimes the pitch is not great. Sometimes the, if you have an idea and you want to pitch it and yeah. you think it's great, work on other, you know, tell Nichols about it. When you're having lunch and you're grabbing a drink or, or yeah. whatever, start telling him about it and see if you motivate or excite him and then try it on your wife or your girlfriend and try it on your friends and then just keep pitching it. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be talking to my wife, just having breakfast yeah. and I'll be working on Pitch. A pitch. Yeah. She doesn't say, what are you talking about? She'll actually give me notes whether or not it's good or not. Okay, so for instance, some film I'm making right now for 10 grand. It's called El Chingon Lives. Everybody loves it. Sometimes it comes down to, hey, you should really consider not making this for $10,000 and raise a, sustain- a real budget, get mm. some legit people and do it the right way. But Like we talked about on the last podcast, there's different levels. Mm. You've either made movies or you haven't made movies or you've made one movie or you've made a short. You have to continue in your lane. Yeah. There are great stories about people just jumping into a million dollar movie or $10 million movie. Yeah. Kind of like Antoine. Yeah. And and it turns into a big, big hit. And that was your first thing or it was your second thing. I mean, you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket and bank on that. Yeah. You have to continue to work in your lane. And if you don't have a big star and you don't have the big money and you don't have the right money, but you can go now, it may be better for you to just do a project. Don't get attached yeah. to your projects. Don't get so attached to them that you won't make them unless it's a certain way. Make them and you'll come up with something else. So with that said, are you going to revisit Mozart, Amadeus? Amadeus, I'm still thinking about it a lot. Because that's your passion. Yeah. You've been talking about Rock that. Me, Amadeus. Rock Me, Amadeus. Yeah. yeah. It's a good story. Yeah. It's I love story. it. I think uh, I'd like to revisit it, and I might come back to it for sure. Now, something like that, getting into like finding the right people at the right time, it's a coming of age pretty much, right? Would you it's, consider uh, it a coming of yeah, age? Yeah, it's a coming of age. Yeah, it, so it comes circles. Everything comes in a circle. So like when Juno came out, it was big, right? right. Coming of age. And, oh, more coming... So great uh, actors, great, great casting, actors, great cast, great cast, all that stuff. It will find its way. Let's talk about Latino films, the, the Latino, Latino gold, the Latino market. The Latino market is complicated. It's been for years and years and years. I was talking to someone who had this great story. I can't remember who it was. It may have been Richard Montoya or Rick Nahara, but he was saying that when. I Love Lucy was being produced. Ricky Ricardo was producing it and his wife was going to be in it, Lucy. And it was all about Lucy. And he suggested himself as, you know, her husband. Yeah. That was a very unlikely casting decision. Yeah. But he was like, why not? (laughs) (laughs) So. That was pretty good, Robert. I heard him. That decision was awesome because somehow... Ricky Ricardo totally transcended 
Yeah. Or anything that was negative about Lucy being white and, and Ricky Ricardo being Latin, yeah. a Latin lover, Latin singer. Uh, he really became part of America in a way. Yeah. I think when you talk about how complicated the film industry and television industry has been about just minorities in general, yeah. it's an interesting conversation because you, you know lots of companies have an initiative to do Latino work, yet there's not that much Latino work being done. Right. Then you have something like Fast and the Furious, which is not considered a Latino piece of work, but definitely is effortlessly diverse. Yeah. So it's really a great example of something being effortlessly diverse and working in a market where everyone's trying to find that. Yeah. Now you have Netflix. Netflix now is making movies in Mexico and a lot of them. I think this, they're making 50 movies in Mexico. Are you serious? Yes. Um, you got to go to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but they're in Spanish. But I have a friend who I'd like to have on. Um, his name is Rodrigo Mazon, and he works at Netflix. He's an acquisitions co-production guy. And he's all over Colombia right now, yeah. making movies in Colombia. And, and Netflix is all over the globe. They don't have a... Latin initiative as much as it is they're just making movies yeah. for these different countries and they've got plenty of money to do it. And as a result, they're producing Academy Award winning work. Yeah. You know, Roma was very personal. I grew up visiting my family that lived very similar to Roma. So as a result, I really reacted to the film. A lot of people reacted to the movie, but I really understood it because I felt like I had been in that. Yeah. I had been in that atmosphere. But I think that there's lots of area to make Latino movies. I just don't think that the Latino gold that people have been searching for is in stories that are specifically catering to the Latino market. Yeah. Because I don't think that that is in existence. I agree. Because, you know, my mom was from TJ, from Tijuana. My family's Mexican. And they were, um, you know, most of my buddies who were Mexican, we all love, like, Godfather, Goodfellas. I mean, we did like Narcos. Narcos is good, you know what I mean? But I feel like they were more into, like, American cinema as opposed to trying to find something with, like, a Latin. Because, I don't know, do we live it? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I think there's I got a... the nickname Tootie from Lopez. Right. We're both Mexican. Right. I'm not Italian. The new kind of Mexican is... Like me, I, I'm first generation. I don't necessarily understand all of the cultural lifestyle of a Mexican family. When I go see my family in Mexico, I get it. There's, yeah. It's very specific. Right. I don't live that way. I haven't. So I'm the new kind of... Pocho. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be pocho. We'd be considered the new kind of Mexican-American, which is you drive American cars, yeah. you eat... Uh, Captain Crunch cereal, right? All this stuff is American stuff. So we're we're sort of a mixture. To think that we would be specifically marketed to to watch Latino product seems a little bit silly considering we're being brought up as American. Some people get offended by that, but it's really not a bad word. I asked my friend who's from TJ, I said, What do they call people like my like Pocho? I go, is it bad? She's like, no, it just means that like you're you're of Mexican descent. What about Chicano? Chicano, Chicano is that was seventies. Because my brothers are all we're all born in Mexico. I was born I was the only one born here, right? There's six of us. So 
when they when we got here, the Chicano movement was just a way of belonging, but it's a fascinating conversation about why Pocho, Chicano, all that sort of came to be. And I think it's simply because people need an identity. Yeah. yeah. Is there a Latino gold? Are the studios doing the right thing by having a division that's devoted to Latino gold? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But looking for something to be specifically Mexican or specifically anything, story anything. to story, you got to make a good solid story that resonates with people that's and they right. could, they could touch, touch that character. They feel that they understand that's right. somebody in that story. So look for great stories and look for things that are effortlessly diverse rather than look for a Latino story. Yeah. If you're Puerto Rican, you're not Mexican. Yeah. If you're Honduran, you're not Mexican. Yeah. If you're Salvadorian, Salvadorian, you're not, Puerto Call Rican. Salvadorian Mexican, see what happens, yeah, or vice versa. So, right. So how do you how do you market to the Latino market if that if we're all so right. different? Yeah, you're right. Latinos yeah. are all of us. Yeah. So there's no Latino market. There's just a market that that becomes effortlessly diverse. Yeah. And I like that. Apparently, I like that phrase because I'm using it a lot. But you know, it's great because I've asked you for years now. Oh, I got this Latino film. Why is it Latino? Uh, because the lead is Latino. Oh, okay, like <laughs> that makes it. But for years, people have been trying to hit this audience. Yes, and I've been reading about it, and I come to you, and it's almost like not a slap in the face because it's not. But it's almost like, what do you just tell a good story? But yeah, so I think we've solved the problem for all listening that may be working for a studio. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and close down your Latino division. That's it. <laughs> and focus on the new kind of Latino, which is really an American. Yeah. I think I think Netflix is doing it right. I think you do go into these different countries and mine the best directors, producers, actors, talent. Yeah. And you let them make their movies from their cultural point of view that they're living in. Yeah. Because, again, I could never make a Roma because I don't live that way. Yeah. It's not, it's not something that touches me in a way that it touches Cuaron. Yeah. Um, but I could do something that's distinctly American yeah. with a Latino flair because that's who I am yeah. and that's who my friends are and that's who, you know, people around me are. Studios are looking for your great stories. They're looking for great movies. They're looking for great uh, new filmmakers. So they're always in search. Know that. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was that, you know, every day you wake up, you produce your life, yeah. you get your kids to school, you get them lunches, you, they get sick, you go pick them up, you've got to buy stuff for dinner, you've got to make sure you're doing whatever you're doing, you got to go to work, you got to pick up your check, you got to go to the bank. There's yeah. so many things in your daily life that you do yeah. that is producing. Yeah. Right? You got to produce it all. Yeah. And sometimes you get home after the end of a long day and you think, that was a miracle what happened today. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, that was a miracle what happened today. Miracles happen every day about when you in this business where you sell something, you sell a script, you pitch something, you do it, you, you write something, some great actor decides they want to do it. And all of a sudden everything changes and you're in a much different position than you were. So producing is nothing more than what you're doing every single day, every month in your life, because you're producing things that are pretty much unbelievable. Can't believe you did that. And you got to keep going after it. Yeah. Let's talk about casting. You know, we're going to have Joseph Middleton on. I talked <laughs> oh, to him. No. The other, yeah, it's amazing. I talked to him the other day. He was, uh, you know, he's now an executive at Paramount Studios, but he's one of us. 
he started as a casting director on Go. Yeah. Do you remember the film Go? Yeah, you remember the film Go? You're too young. Sounds familiar. 90s? Yeah. You're too yeah. young. Yeah, 90s. Katie I'm, Holmes, right? Scott Wolf. Um, Sarah Pauly was in Sarah Pauly. She was but, on the poster. That's why I couldn't remember. But look at all these cast members. Yeah. Oh, Timothy. I can't remember. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, I was thinking it was the other guy. So Go was, who, who directed Go? Doug Lyman. Lyman. So let's talk about this for a sec. Joseph Middleton is a young casting director doing independent films. Yeah. Doug Lyman is a new director doing Go. Yeah. They get together. It becomes a success. All of these, all of these people that got cast became huge. So hold successes. on. Before we go that far, let's let, name them: Katie Holm, Melissa McCarthy, Timothy Oliphant, oh Tay gosh, Diggs, that too? That. William Fitchner. Now, did they get Sarah Pauly, Jay Moore? I mean, you're talking about the '90s. These people were not super famous in the '90s. Yeah. Does the actor come first, or the script, or the direct? How does that go about? So something like this. It was a stu- was this a studio film or was it an indie film? Um, this was a indie film. How do you raise money for this then? I mean, do you get all those people and you say, "Hey, I got all these people," or do you say, "I got this great script, I got these people in mind"? Like, how how do you think this money came about? The well, money- I guess we could find out through Joe Middleton, right? But- well, we're gonna find out. I don't know that he knows how it came about, but um, but Doug Lyman went on to do the Born Identity. So anyway, him and Doug, you know, Doug Lyman as the director obviously has the final decisions and decides, and maybe he knew some of these guys, but Joseph is the one putting them in front of him, negotiating the deals. Um, Then Joseph went on to do American Pie. And you could arguably say that American Pie also had a list of actors that were really nobody until American Pie came out. And then all of a sudden, boom, all of these guys from American Pie are huge successes. Yeah. Then he went on to do Bring It On, which was another sort of high school type of movie. He did uh, Legally Blonde. He's done a slew of movies uh, as an independent that, um, that were huge successes and discovered a lot of great people. So I think casting is a big part of doing a great movie yeah. it's interesting uh joseph middleton was just someone that was destined to be a great asset to this business he eventually got hired by paramount and now runs all of casting so he supervises all the casting directors on all the paramount movies oh wow you think he'll give me another shot <laughs> let me start the story by saying this i was doing a film called extreme Car dating Thief. no we were doing oh, extreme okay. dating it was a young cast. Yeah. It was a romantic comedy. So I thought, you know, I'm a young filmmaker. This movie is a $2 million movie. I would really want to have a great casting director on it. So I looked up the films that I had liked a lot that year, and there was Go, there was American Pie, there was Bring It On, right? Yeah. All these films. And I looked at the casting director, and it was Joseph Middleton. So... I thought, you know, what's the big deal? I'll pick up the phone. I'll call Joseph Middleton. I love it. And I'll see if he's interested. Who knows? I'm probably just going to get an assistant anyway. So I picked up the phone. I called. It was my typical late night phone call. Yeah. And he says, hey, it's Joe Middleton. And I thought to myself, I wonder if that's an assistant (laughs) saying this is Joe Middleton's office. I said, hey, I'm calling for Joseph Middleton. And he says, you got him. I'm just thinking, wow. Were you expecting the answer machine? Yeah. (laughs) Or I was expecting an assistant. So I call. Joseph answers the phone. 
I'm like, hey, it's Mark Roberts. He's like, hey, what can I do for you? I said, I have a movie that I'm producing. And he stops me. And he's like, great, send it to me. He's like, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for a casting director. Um, how much money do you got? I've got, you know, $2 million. He's like, okay. He goes, that seems, um, seems possible. What else have you done? I said, well, we just finished a film called The Courier. And, uh, and he was like, okay. He goes, I'd like to see it. He was considering it. Uh, we should probably meet. There's no way this is really happening. I said, okay, so let's have breakfast. I said, okay. He suggests the griddle on Sunset Boulevard, super popular breakfast place. Right. So we show up there on a Monday morning. There's Joseph. I know him because of his picture. We shake hands. We sit down. I don't remember what we talked about. In that breakfast, he decides, I'll do your movie. You know, I want to help you. I want to see this film be a success. So he does the movie. And then I do another movie with him. My yeah. next movie is with Joseph Middleton. And then I did Strangers with Candy with Joseph Middleton cast for me. And then, you know, eventually we became really good friends. He really is responsible for a lot of people taking me seriously. If it wasn't for Joseph Middleton saying he was casting my movies and people could look at his record and say, my God, yeah, everything he he's done has turned to gold. Yeah. $100 million movies with his name on them. Yeah. That helped me a lot. I didn't think how much it would help me, but that Looking made a serious. difference to people. Yeah. So he changed my life in a lot of ways. We became very good friends. He's the godfather of my daughter. He can't cast anything for me anymore because he is now um, an executive at Paramount. Come on. That's <laughs> true. I, I cannot. That. He can't do it. He, he officially can't cast anything because he's an executive. Yeah. But, but he can point you in a direction. Yeah. He can, I can say, who's hot? Yeah, you know, executives hot. know who is, who's hot. So yeah. that's a cool story. And then one day I said to you, I know oh, yeah. Joseph Middleton. I work with him. And you said to me, dude, I want a shot. And what happened? You tell the story oh because you're better at God. it. Do you know this story? I do not, but Dude, I can imagine the ending here. This is awful, <laughs> So he's Nichols. asking me for a year, hey, when can I meet Joseph? When can I meet Joseph? When can yeah. I meet Joseph? And what happens yeah. one day? So one day, this is years ago. This is probably like <laughs> over a decade ago. I lost a bunch of weight. I did this thing, weight loss. I was looking good, lean and mean. And so Roberts goes, he comes at, we're at uh, Extra, and he says, let's go. I go, where are we going? We're going to go meet Joe. I go, you being serious? He goes, yeah. I go, dude, I'm not like, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready. He goes, you're not going to do anything. He's just a general. You just meet the guy. Like, see what's up. I was like, okay, cool. We'll go. So <laughs> I was rocking a fake Panerai watch. You know what that is? No. Lopez rocks them all the time. It's like this high-end watch, but it was a fake. It was a Fugazi. I got it in the alley. And so we get there, and he's really cool. Like, hey, how you doing? And um, he's looking at my watch. And... <laughs> And I, and I catch him and he said, what did he say? Something like, oh, are you an executive? Or he said something meaning like, so I, I said, oh, and I actually, I, then I slowly slid my arm under my leg so he couldn't see it. He goes, you're going to read the day. I got something for you. I think I, I think I got the perfect Well, because part. I walked in, I said, hey, this is my friend Tootie. He's an actor. Yeah. And he was casting a movie. And he's wearing a $20,000 watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And he goes, okay, cool. So he goes, here are the sides. And I was like, oh, okay. He gives me some sides. It's like six pages. I didn't bother to look at the last four. I just picked up, you know, I saw the first two and then the line through the second and third or the third and fourth. So he goes, whenever you're ready. So Roberts and him keep talking, shooting the shit. I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> so I go, I'm reading, and 
literally just met Joseph Middleton, and he's reading you for a movie. This is pretty and it was great. a good it was a good movie. It was the one with uh, Damien uh, uh, Bershare, Bershar, uh-huh. and he plays the gardener, and they, you know the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and by so, the way, I had seen Joseph Middleton give people parts like this. Every day, they take me in a room with the assistant, and the camera, and I and I just, I just, oh man, you know, and it was just so bad. It was a role of a cop, you know what I mean? And then I saw the movie, and I saw the role. It was, was perfect. And, it was perfect. Yeah, and, ah, man, perfect. that was it. And, what happened? Do you think if you had left, if you had said, hundred well, percent, it's um, it's a pleasure to meet you, but can I have an hour, I or think, can I come back tomorrow? What would you have done? I think, I think uh, back then, yeah, I would have. Uh, the the smart thing for me. To have done back, I think today would have been different because I think doing the things that I've done so far and kind of knowing more and being a little more confident in myself and all that stuff, I think I could have, probably could have taken those six pages. Well, I would have came back. Be I would ready. Have came back. Would be you re- say be, be ready? ready? Be ready because yeah. one day your friend's going to say, hey, let's go meet this big casting director and you're yeah. going to get your I'm going to be embarrassed if he comes. Do you think- no, he'll bring it up. Roberts will bring oh, it up. Yeah, okay, Wait, do sure. you think your life would have been different had you gotten that part? I don't it's know. Possible. I don't you know. could have ruined his life, actually, Roberts. Yeah, by well, it making was a, him do that. It was a it was a, it was a small role. The cop pulls a guy over, and he's just being a you know he's being a cop. He's being kind of being yeah. A but dick DiCaprio had a small role on Growing Pains. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Every time we would move, do a movie, when we were doing Strangers in New York, he would be going to plays at night, like seeing people on Broadway, off Broadway, off off Broadway, constantly looking. Yeah, and he'd find people and he'd pull them out and he'd read them. Uh, it was amazing. It was really amazing. I um I it's been absolute pleasure to know him because he's a natural at what he does. So I think the takeaway on, on the casting story is find casting directors that fit your type of movie. Yeah. And then don't be afraid to give them a call. And by the way, your investors would appreciate it too. If you had a casting director that knew what they were doing. So let me ask you this then. So I got the script, right? Do I then go to the casting director and say, Hey, here's the script. I need. I want to. I want to get these actors. Well, no. I'm, li- I'm going to say no. I know where you're going. Yeah. No, because I went to Joseph when I had money. I was already so you, funded. You got the script. You got the money, and then you went to Joseph. Yes. Okay. Because a lot of times, a working casting directors not going to do stuff for free. Right. After I did the first movie with him, yeah. I was able to put him before the money. Yeah. And we had already worked together. We trusted each other. So yeah. he was willing to say like, okay, I, I'll do that film for you. Yeah. So if you fund it, I'm in. But I couldn't ask him to do anything. Right, right. Yeah. As a cast director, he had yeah. a lot of leverage. He did all the Lyman movies. People knew that. Yeah. He had done, you know, um, Born Identity, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Legally Blonde. Yeah. He had discovered half of I Young Hollywood. All that stuff. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Robert is killing me right now. It's just killing me going down the list. Yes, my life would have been different so, if I would have taken what, a half hour. Right. Why walk to the Starbucks? Down so the make I probably f- wouldn't know you, Tootie. You probably That's wouldn't. Right. You know, oh, you maybe we would have ran through each other like every now and then. Yeah, yeah, I would have had like I one was, of Lopez's famous fa- friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I would have been on LTM. You're yeah, laughing. You, you have a nervous laugh right now. Because <laughs> 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 I'm like, damn. Bring yeah, him in. Let's bring him in. Let's he really didn't. We're gonna bring him in. He's gonna have a lot to say about this. And you got a new nickname. You are no longer Mark Ice Roberts. What? I got a new one because you are. Mark Huevos, <laughs> just to pick up the phone and call somebody like that, dude. My son over there likes that name. You like Huevos? <laughs> As we go through these podcasts, you are going to be able to put together the yeah. things that are required uh, to at least have a shot at a successful movie. So now you've got lawyer, 
You've got money. Yeah. You've got a casting director potentially. Yeah. If you make your calls, yeah. don't be afraid of these guys. They're very open to working on different levels of budgets and you can get yourself a great casting director by making your calls and having a good script and having money to pay that person um, so that they can come on board. But I would have, if you're going to cold call someone, I would have the money yeah. to do the movie first. The industry, it's, it's a miracle. Every yeah. day there's miracles in this business where someone's going to explain to you how they did something and you're not going to believe that it happened that way. Because it's a business where anything is possible. I wanted to get into um, business plans, but I don't think we're going to have time. That could be the next one. Let's talk about business plans next time. But this time, just walk away with the idea that you can find yourself a great casting director. And that's going to give you the ability to tell investors, feel confident. Because I've got this guy casting, and this is what he's done, and we're going to have a great cast on this movie. And that's going to add up to dollars in people's minds. And if you're an actor, take the damn slides and go down the street and study them. <laughs> you don't blow it in front of Joseph Middleton. You could have changed your life, and then that's it. And apparently, if you're going to meet with him, be prepared to read. Be that's prepared. Right. To, yeah, Robert. Somehow see, you're getting I, hooked up with that meeting. That's where I was throwing a monkey wrench. Robert's yeah. like, oh, no, you're not going to read. It's a general. Just meet him. He's a cool guy. You're going to like him. He's one of us. Like, oh, okay, cool. It was an opportunity it to prove that you were the real right. deal. But anyway, I'm not, that'll never happen again. Let's not lament. Let's not lament. All right. All right. Well, uh, we got into it. <laughs> we did get into Independent it. film. Uh, Teddy's going, you're going to take you a week to recover from this conversation. So. It is, dude. I got a lot to do. <laughs> so you got to regroup and get yourself on your own movie set. But yeah. um, you got thank- a lot of wings to make. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Thank you guys very much. Um, and we'll talk to you next time on Let's Get Into It. That was good.